Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of God Beside Me. My name is Jennifer Drow, and I'm the Senior Director of Communications for the Diocese of Orlando. And today I'm joined by Bishop John Noonan, Father Anthony Ahrens, Missionary of Mercy, and Gary Tester, President of Catholic Charities of Central Florida. Gentlemen, thank you for agreeing to have this conversation in difficult times. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you for welcoming us. It's safe to say 2020 has been extraordinarily challenging for the people of God. COVID-19, we have sky-high unemployment, and now we have violence erupting after the death of George Floyd. People are hurting. They want to be heard. Perhaps we can start with prayer. Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Heavenly Father, as we gather, we gather again asking for your wisdom. You have made each and every one of us in your own image and likeness. Help us, too, to see the presence of God in each person we come encounter with each day. Help us to be mindful of your creation and to respect all God's creation. We ask this to Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 So, Bishop, let's start with you. What is your reaction to the unrest we're seeing across the nation right now? I guess the first thing is always the unrest. It unsettles you in your very heart and soul to see that people are fighting with people. But then you have to go beyond it. And there's all sorts of responses to it. There are words that we can use, there are actions we can do. But I think we're called as a whole human being to respond to this. But we're asked to respond as a person of faith more than anything else. First of all, we have to understand, too, that from the scriptures, the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, we have violence, Cain and Abel, brother killing brother. And it's very hard for us to to kind of even see that even in our world today, we still have brothers killing brothers or sisters. So we have to kind of really put it in some context of not trying to just say, well, this is life, but we have to put it in some context, how do we deal with this? And I think Pope Francis tells us a lot is, you know, that the heart is the, the essence of every person. Where are our hearts at this time? You know, what are we filling our hearts with? Are we filling our hearts with peace, with hope, with mercy, with forgiveness? And are we just filling it with the the evil of the world? God came to save us. And again, it's calling us to come to the Creator, come to Christ, to know Him, to love Him, to serve Him with our lives. So I think it's a call to action for all of us, not only by knowing Christ, but to live our faith more and more every day, but live it as Christ would call us to live. And Archbishop Thomas Wensky of Miami echoed those thoughts recently, basically saying all all Americans of goodwill are united in denouncing the unjustified killing of Mr. Floyd, but chaos cannot be an option here. How about you, Father Anthony? People see these images on the news of rioters and racists, and they want them stopped. But as Christians, we're called to see more, to view this through the eyes of Jesus. How can we begin to do that? Well, it's very interesting that it's been almost a year, well, since the Sisters of St. Joseph asked me to lead their retreat. And the theme that they gave me was consecrated to a life of unifying love, being one with God, with others, and with creation. And so as I thought of this consecration, I said that in order to be one with anybody, first we have to listen. So there has to be a listening to God, a listening to others, and even a listening to the to creation. And so what is it that God intended? From the very beginning of creation, God intended us to be one, to be united with each other. And evil came and separated people from each other. 
And this is what we're finding today, that in order for evil to thrive, it has to happen in a divided society. And so when we're divided in terms of races and in terms of you name it, you know, poverty and education or all, whatever it may be, is that we need to come back together. And I believe that from a Christian point of view, we who are consecrated to God, we have to unify the world to which we belong. And Gary, at Catholic Charities, you've said over and over again, talking about this unity and coming together, that we serve all children of God. It doesn't matter if they are Catholic or not. We minister to them because we are. Sure. I listen to Bishop and, and Father Anthony, and I think, you know, the first thing I'm reminded of is in the book of Genesis, God created man and woman. It doesn't say anything about anything else. He created man and woman. And so we are all part of the human race. Catholic Charities seeks to serve anyone who comes to our doors, and, and we do so with love. We, are, we strive to be the love of Christ extended to people in difficult situations. This is all about brokenness. And uh, God did not create me to be broken. Evil in the world has, my own sin has caused me to be broken. And scripture, Bishop, from my standpoint, scripture tells us to take our brokenness and give it to the Lord. And what we see going on around us is we don't know what to do with our brokenness, so we, we air it with others. And when two broken people come together, it's not going to go well. And so I think we're reminded um, at Catholic Charities, if you come into our lobby, you see divine mercy. We need the mercy of Christ. We need the grace of God to be with us. And we need to understand that everybody who comes through our door is broken in some way. We're all broken. And if we can recognize that and seek the healing of Christ, then we can be in a position to do more. Bishop, you joined other Christian leaders in the walk of mourning and restoration in early June. The crowd not only remembered Mr. Floyd, but hundreds of others who have died unjustly before him. Why was it so important for you to be there? Well, the first thing, it wasn't a, a march in the sense of a protest. It was a march of prayer, pilgrimage of prayer. We didn't carry any placards, but we did stop and reflect and pray a few times on the journey, you know, around to the courthouse and back. So I think it's very important, again, that our, our whole focus was on, on who we are as Christians. And again, the brokenness, we need to invite Christ into the heal our hearts more than anything else to heal that brokenness. As Gary brought forward, it was just simply to pray and were, to listen to the scriptures. Were you encouraged by what you saw that day? Yes, because people were united in prayer, that we were all one. Again, comes across, we were, didn't matter what religion, it didn't matter who we were, what nationality, but we were one. And we were praying together for that oneness, that it, we may be one as Christ called us to be. Gary, taking a little turn here, there's a video that's making the rounds online. Another person involved with a different Catholic organization on the West Coast calls the Catholic faith racist. What do you say to people who hear that and aren't sure what to make of it? Personal opinion time. I think to call my faith as a Catholic racist is wrong. I think to say that there are instances of racism in the Catholic Church is right. And, and that's true of any institution in the, in the world over history. So I think, you know, from my standpoint, again, coming as someone who's broken in my own way, 
do I have moments where I am not as thoughtful of others as I need to be? Regard, it can be on a multitude of fronts, and we'll deal today with the color of skin. The answer is yes. But I think it's wrong to say that the Catholic faith, it's like, that's like saying faith in God is racist. Well, God created me, and he created me knowing that I was going to be white. And so I don't think God created me to be racist. I, again, I think it's this theme of brokenness. And I think we have to be very thoughtful about the language we use because this bishop and Father Anthony noted, evil seeks to divide. And if we're not fighting evil all the time on that front, I can say something that I mean to be well-intended and my words can divide. And so we need to be thoughtful about that. And I think that's kind of where that video strikes me as it's, it's in its effort to be healing, it's actually divisive. And, and we need to be thoughtful about the words we use. Yeah, a constant reminder. We have to understand before we can understand the other person before we can be understood. Sometimes listening to one another first. You know, when people are upset and angry, listen. They have every right. So then and that process of making sure that they are recognized and you respect them, and then you can go into a dialogue. But I think sometimes it's more reaction and, and it's anger with anger. In answer to that, we could ask the question, you know, are there racists within the Catholic Church? And my answer would be yes. Is the Catholic Church racist? My answer would be no. So we have, within the Church, we have broken persons. And do they belong in the Church? And I'd say yes, they do belong there because it's a place that, that we're all trying to find healing. You know, because God created the world as something that is good. But evil entered the world and people became evil. However, Jesus came into this world to bring us back to God, to, to bring about this redemption. And therefore, that becomes the mission of the church. So Jesus prayed on the last night before he died that they all may be one. And we will keep on working for that. And that, again, is a work of mercy. Well, it's clear that racism is a sin and one of many that we must combat daily. But as Catholics, we're called to denounce the deaths of all of the people who have lost their lives in violence. And that includes the police officers killed or injured in the line of duty. In fact, we spoke with Orlando Police Chief Orlando Rolone, who happens to attend St. James Cathedral, and speaks openly about his faith. He recently asked for prayers for law enforcement, saying that they are committed to any cause that will end police brutality anything that will harm a human being. Father Anthony, your thoughts on that? Yes, because, you know, well, continuing what I said is that, are there evil police officers? Yes, they are. <laughs> is the police force evil? No, it is not. And therefore, it is who we are that we apply to, to make the world change, to, to make the world a better place. And we have to begin with each person. So, I have to begin with me. We think of Jesus. Jesus, when he was leaving the world, he said, for these, my disciples, you know, I consecrate myself, consecrate them in truth. And therefore, I have to be consecrated in that truth so that I can become an agent of change, an agent of transformation in this world. But I have to be conformed to the faith, conform to Jesus himself, and then I can become that agent of change. 
Bishop Noonan, on that same line of thinking, you recently shared with us a pastoral letter from the Bishop of Las Vegas called When Words Fall Short. And in it, Bishop George Leo Thomas says Catholic social teaching can provide an enlightened pathway into the future. Because the church has a rich tradition of social teaching. It goes back over 100 years. And this is one area where the church has constantly been reaching out. Vatican II, some of the documents especially, dealt with our relationship with other faiths, how we were to treat everybody with respect, especially with our Jewish brothers and sisters. Because we were, there were kind of there was a lot of racism basically against our uh, our Jewish brothers and sisters. So it wasn't until Vatican II that we began to realize that we do have to reach out to our brothers and sisters of the Jewish faith, to our brothers and sisters of other faiths, that everybody is made in the image and likeness. So I think it's a real challenge for us to know that. And I think George uh, Bishop uh, Thomas really reiterated that. You know, he said we're all called to be Christ to one another. There's no excuse. We have to do what Christ did, even though if you look at Christ's life, he was mistreated by the Jewish the religious leaders, not the Jewish leaders alone, but even the Roman leaders. He was mistreated by the authority. He was mistreated by the soldiers. So I, I think we have to realize, you know, that unfortunately, as we're trying to deal with, original sin is alive and well in the hearts of people today, even with the hatred, vengeance and violence. And it's a matter of bringing the healing mercy of Christ into our lives more than anything else. And Catholic social teaching is part of that whole thing of how do we treat everybody with dignity, every mm. human being. Gary, the U.S. bishops have always said every human being has a right to those things required for human decency, food, shelter, jobs, health care, housing. How is that put into action at Catholic Charities every day? Well, we've talked many times about the fact that Catholic Charities for the Diocese of Orlando is the uh, external extension of the corporal works of mercy. The corporal works of mercy we take from Matthew 25, where we talk about uh, those who are hungry, we feed. Those who are thirsty, we give drink. Those who are naked, we clothe. Those who are in jail, we visit. Those who are sick, we care for. That's exactly what we do at Catholic Charities. And again, we don't stop you at the door and, and ask you a series of questions to determine whether or not you need care. Our questions are designed to help us understand how we might care for you. And everyone is welcome. Not all Catholic Charities agencies offer the same ministries. And so it might be different from one agency to the next. But uh, here at Catholic Charities of Central Florida, when, when someone comes to us with a need, we're going to do everything we can to welcome them, to recognize the trauma they've experienced, to recognize the brokenness, the humility it takes to ask for help. And we're going to do everything we can to minister to them in whatever way the good Lord allows us to do. So the first thing I'm going to mention, there's a story told about Mother Teresa, where one of the sisters saw her doing something which nobody would want to do. It, it was actually, she was sucking the pus out of someone's swollen leg. And the sister said, Mother, I wouldn't do that for a million dollars. And Mother Teresa's response was, Neither would I. <laughs> and she was doing it for the love of God. I believe that this is what I see at Catholic Charities. Recently, Gary and I, along with other persons at Catholic Charities, we're talking about the way forward, how we can do things and look at them, that we're doing them because we're Catholic Charities. We're Catholic. And, and the first thing, 
is the, the first principle of Catholic social teaching. It's recognizing the inherent dignity of the human person. I enjoy seeing that because there are persons who work at Catholic charities who are not Catholic, but they have bought into the Catholic teaching where that is concerned. So I am privileged to be chaplain there and to try to help persons to live out that vocation, to live out the, the principles of, of Matthew 25, doing all of these things for people because they are human beings created in the image and likeness of God. Amen. Bishop Father Cantal Massa, a retreat leader for U.S. bishops and, and the Roman Curia, recently spoke about racism. Quoting African-American writer and theologian uh, Howard Thurman, talking about what the figure of Jesus represented for slaves in the South, um, a sense of dignity as children of God. Share more with us about that homily. I think it was beautiful because he kind of brought into the whole understanding of what it means to be mistreated and how even in the life of Christ he was mistreated. But also he brought to light the whole thing of Nelson Mandela, who was the president of South Africa and was in prison for over 30 years, I think. He became president of an apartheid country. And the first thing he said was, you have to have reconciliation between the people. And it wasn't just reconciliation. He had these kind of um, tribunals where people would come together and it was kind of a reconciliation of where people were allowed to confess publicly or say publicly where they were and what they had done in the past to one another. And I think, you know, we have never come to a reckoning of how we have treated our brothers, African brothers and sisters. Slavery has always been there, but we have never really reconciled it and put it in a place that we need to realize the sinfulness of it. I was born and raised in Ireland, and racism, unfortunately, was very strong, and it came to the forefront when we had troubles. We had troubles in the north of Ireland between Catholic and Protestant. It lasted for almost 30 years, Catholics, Christians killing Christians, Catholic killing Protestants. And it was very interesting. It never came to an end until people sat down, Catholics and Protestants, and recognized the people that were fighting were really people, and they were people of faith. They didn't realize that, again, treating one another with dignity and respect begins really truly to show a greater awareness and care for one another. So I think from Nelson Mandela to Martin Luther King to, you know, Catholic social teaching, all of these will kind of lead us in a way as, as we're trying to search to find a path. But I think we have to dialogue and we have to speak about it because it's not going to go away. And I think it's now time for action. You know, the history of this country is we're, we're a young nation, but we were founded on great principles. But those principles haven't become a reality in everybody's life yet. And until that happens, then I think we can call ourselves great again. But we need to kind of, we need the grace and strength of God to help us with this at this time, to recognize again our sinfulness, our faults and failings, even if it is especially the sin of racism. We've got to come to grips with it, to recognize it in our own lives, and not to be afraid to seek healing and reconciliation of one another. I just want to give a quotation, because my sister gave me a book 
20 years ago. 20 years exactly, because it was in, in July of 2000. It's a book called Healing, a Journal of Tolerance and Understanding. And it was by Muhammad Ali that he wrote in conjunction with someone else. And there's a quotation from Ali that says, you know, if you love God, you can't separate out and love only some of his children. We have to love everybody. As, as the bishop was pointed out, whether they're Catholic, Jewish, Muslim, black, white, yellow, whoever they are, we just have to love everybody. Well, thank you for joining us for God Beside Me. Look for Overcoming Racism on the homepage of OrlandoDiocese.org. We're going to link you to many prayers and parish resources, articles we've written for the Florida Catholic on this issue. And you can also subscribe to Bishop Noonan's eScroll for weekly alerts on the top Catholic headlines. Bishop, would you like to leave us with a blessing, please? Especially thank you all for joining us today, and especially on this very important topic of recognizing Christ's presence in our brothers and sisters. So, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks. We ask for your wisdoms and guidance, and that you may truly help us. Give us the strength, the hope, and courage to truly seek you, Lord, and to see you in our brothers and sisters. And especially in our moments of doubts and fear, open our hearts to the gift of your grace a grace that will heal us, a grace that will strengthen us, but a a grace above all that will fill us with love. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Amen.